brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is She Is with Molly Cotton. Now, here's your host, Molly Cotton. Welcome into another episode of She Is. I am Molly Cotton. She is Amanda Ellis, NASCAR Communications Senior Director of Racing Communications. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We have a mutual friend person in our life, Kelly Lumsett. Well, Kelly Cotton, my sister-in-law, uh, works in the racing world, so you know her through the NASCAR world. Yes, Molly, thanks so much for having me. I've been friends with Kelly for, for many years, and um, I'm always grateful for her friendship, and I like to, to say often that Kelly keeps us all in line, which is <laughs> needed at times, for sure. She keeps the home life in line, too, and it's a challenge with my brother as her husband, so she's <laughs> doing a great job. Yeah, and it's nice, I'm sure, to meet or to have someone, a wife, mother, fellow mom, like, in the sports world, especially in the NASCAR world, just with the way that life is in the schedule that you guys work. Yes, absolutely. And and I also have always said, I think we all um, stick together because we know that it is a unique um, environment and it's one that I think we're all learning together. But it's it's such a blessing to have fellow moms in the industry, you know, because one moment you are dealing with a work related topic or or something you need to have an answer to or a solution um, to a situation. And the next minute you're saying like, hey, um, what what age did your kids start eating solid food? <laughs> you know, what age did you buy this toy for your kid? Mm-hmm. You know, full recommendations. It's it's funny how I feel like so many of us mix um, the work world and, and, and the mom life together. Um, but it is a special community to be a part of. Um, I think NASCAR is special in general, but I think once you become a mom in the garage, it's one of those things where you immediately become aware of the other moms in the garage. And I think, um, you know, there were several moms that, that I knew of before I became a mom, but I felt like the moment I became a mom and started that next season, everyone became like so much more 
aware, I should say, I became more aware to be like, oh, yeah, she is a mom. I can go Mm -hmm. ask her for that advice, that type of, you know, family, so to speak. I think you bring up an interesting point of the blending of career and motherhood, because in my mind, like I was I wanted to be so career oriented and in a male dominated industry, it's, oh yeah, no, you don't bring motherhood into the room, right? Like they don't get it. They don't want to hear about the kids shitting themselves or you being up all night, but it is, I think it's so unique, but it it adds that intimacy and just that personal connection. Like now, yeah, I'm a mother. I don't like to be like, oh yeah, that's all I am. It's my identity. But right. it is such my brand now, in a way. Like, I'm tweeting about App State football, Panthers, and my kid taking his first steps, right? Like, that's just my life, yeah. and that's that's what it is. That's what it looks like. Yeah, and I think I, I try to always remind myself um, how lucky I feel to be a mom in 2022. Because it's it's not lost on me that our stories and the, and the stories we'll share today in this podcast may not have been the stories of moms who were breaking into industries 15 years ago. You know, Mm -hmm. they probably look very different, but one thing that um, I I will say that I always had a desire to work. Um, It's not something that I really have ever not had. Um, My mom worked when I was growing up. I was very familiar with a working mom. I've always been um, driven in a way that I knew I wanted a career that um, challenged me and, you know, pushed me in areas that um, are, are, you know, things that would make me be the best I could be. And, And I think that when I was going to become a mom, um, I found that the world was more concerned with what I was going to do with (laughs) my world than I was concerned with it. You know, I felt like I was pretty confident that I wanted to be a working mom and I didn't really ever feel like that meant I had to change careers. Now, I will own that there are careers at times that you might need to shift within to help you be a little bit more balanced or help you have a more flexible schedule. So if you're a um, sideline reporter, and I know several moms, um, both within the Fox family and, you know, within the NASCAR family that are sideline reporters or pit road reporters who are moms and who, um, you know, make it work. But I also can respect and understand that within that industry, whether it be football or, or racing, they may make an adjustment to to make life a little bit more balanced. And that makes sense when, you know, when you're young and you can go, you can travel to a game every week. Um, you know, you don't have to worry so much about childcare and, and things like that. But for me, I very much wanted to to still work in racing when I had Luke. And it was something that I didn't really know how I was going to do it. I had, I did not have the answers, but every time someone would ask me and they would say, Oh, what are you going to do? And I would say, well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. this baby and keep it moving (laughs) until I get to a point that I realize I need to make that change. And, and I think as moms, in sports, which is what I feel like I know the most and in the area that I will most likely talk about um, in this, in, you know, with, with our conversation is that if there's one thing I've learned in motherhood, it's keep doing what you're doing until you know you need to change. 
And then when you need mm-hmm. to change it, you make that decision. You you need to do research, do research, and and then you make a shift and you just keep going. I think um, I think it was an interesting thing to walk through. I mean, again, I I did you know I was often um, shocked when someone would come to me and say, "Oh, you can't travel," and I would be like, "Why not?" <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, well, you're you're having a baby," and I'm like, I, "Not I, in I, your I, condition. You can't travel. It's like, <laughs> a no, condition." Or they would say, "Well, once it's born, you you can't." you know, leave it. And I would be like, well, I think parents are forced with that decision all the time. And again, you know, no one's leaving to a point of neglect or anything of that. Right. But but just, I was shocked at how much everyone else was concerned about what I was doing. But I, I was pretty confident, you know, with the help of my husband, of course, that, that we could make this work until we knew that it wasn't working. And that was really the attitude that I went into, you know, being a working mom um, was more of just like, we're going to do this. And, and I'm, and I'm grateful to still be in that position today. And your husband is in NASCAR too. And so it's every weekend. What, I mean, I'll just like, let's just call it the entire year. Right. I mean, there's two months that you have off. Um, so obviously there's a lots of travel. There's lots of schedule, even with your job. So do you have like in-laws or parents or family around? Because I have, we have a year and a half year old and I look at our life right now. And if everyone's busy, like last week, my husband and I were both vomiting. I'm like, I, I could never move out of the state. Like I need help and support. And I think even mentally, I don't know. I commend women who can do it on their own or don't have that type of support. Cause mentally I'm just not that person. Yeah. And we're, we actually do not have family who live in North Carolina, which is, um, it's a little crazy at times. I think that, you know, my job, I travel, um, anywhere from 15 to 18 races a year. That really just depends on our schedule and, and kind of where the need is. Um, and I, I enjoy traveling. So it's not, that is not so much something that I feel like my company makes me do it. It's more of like, I'm aware of my job. I kind of know what my, you know, needs and duties are. I enjoy traveling. And so I'm comfortable, you know, doing that. My husband travels 38 plus weekends a year, depending on the schedule, testing, you know, things like that. So to your point, we're very much a travel family. I will say that um, we are extremely lucky because we have parents who um, love our kiddo. And I joke that at the beginning of the season, I take a schedule. I write out what the races are. I mean, we we obviously know John is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So it's really more my schedule. Um, I send that schedule to them and I say, um, you know, feel free to pick your date. Have your if, pick. <laughs> if there is a problem, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there and we'll figure it out. And um, they love it. At least they that, let me put it this way. If they don't love it, they've never told us. <laughs> it, but, um, we're extremely lucky. They live, um, both of our families live in Tennessee. My in-laws live in East Tennessee. My parents live in West Tennessee. Um, they're both retired now. We, that was not our, um, you know, our setup when we first started. They all were still working and, and had jobs. And so I will own it's a little easier now than it was in the beginning, but I will also say that um, we could not do our jobs without their support. And so I feel extremely lucky to have parents that even at 40, almost 40 years old, they are still like, sure, what time do you need us? 
you know, will be there. But I will also add that I think a part of that that I wasn't quite prepared for when we started this process was how much my son would love that. And I think that as parents, sometimes, you know, we can even, we struggle to ask for help. And and I was put in the position more to be forced to ask for help in a way. But um, he truly, like, looks forward to us leaving. It's kind of a joke in our family. He'll say, when, 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 are, when do you leave again? <laughs> because he knows when he leaves that most likely one of the grandparents will be coming. And if, and if for some reason we have a scheduling conflict, you know, we have a, a family here in town that I often call like our fairy godmother family because, you know, they tend to jump in and help us. Um, along with some additional friends and and others that that have helped us bridge that gap when needed. But he he knows that when we go out of town, that they come to hang with him and he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. And there have been days where he has looked at me and said, will you please leave? I do not take that personal because I could. I think it would be easy to be like, oh, my gosh, he doesn't want me here. Mm. Like. But I don't. And the reason I have really worked hard and chosen not to is because, gosh, what kiddo at six years old can look back and say, I spent full weekends with my grandparents, mm-hmm. did a phenomenal job of filling his schedule with trips to the pumpkin patch or the movies or the monster trucks that are in town, you know, the show that's in town or, you know, they're playing at the park or they're going on picnics and they're doing things with him. That if I'm being honest, I'm not fully doing with him if I'm at home. Yeah, you're not really all in on those activities. We're not all in. We're Mm -hmm. we're doing cleaning the house and (laughs) you know, probably not as fun to be at home with mom and dad at times. But it has been um, a blessing in disguise that he has these experiences and memories with them. And and another um, really cool element of that is my dad will often bring my grandmother with him. And so my grandmother, um, you know, it's it's much older. And I just, it's not lost on me that Luke has a very special relationship with her that is very sweet. And I don't think I will ever regret traveling just because of that relationship. You know, he, the reality is, is it's living in North Carolina. Um, I live nine hours from my parents. We would maybe get home once or twice a year, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we get home now with the schedule. And because my dad is able to bring her with him, um, he sees her almost once a month. And that has been such a kind of, you know, just a cherry on top to everything that we have going on is that he will have memories of her in a relationship with her that I I just know we wouldn't have had otherwise. And so um, I I don't deal with mom guilt a lot. I know that's probably maybe not always the proper mom answer. (laughs) Sometimes I feel guilty for not feeling mom guilt. It's like the anti-mom guilt guilt. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think the world we live in sometimes wants us to feel that guilt. And I also think that some do, and that's okay. If you mm-hmm. are a mom who feels mom guilt, um, that's okay. That's what you feel, and you should feel that, and you should use that to your advantage to make the right decisions for your family. I have never truly felt 
what I consider a large amount of mom guilt. Um, it's something that I've tried to fight against in a way because I think that, I mean, we're the reason we're traveling or missing maybe a particular school function or something like that is because we are working. And I think that kids need to see that. Um, I struggle with how much to show up at his school and to, um, you know, I try not to make every field trip. We do make as many as we can or the special events at school, but I also try not to attend all of them because I think, um, you know, there, there is some, I think there is some, um, I guess, I hate to say lessons, but I think there are some times where disappointing our kids is not a bad thing because they are going to get, get disappointed their whole life. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, navigating those conversations with him, I, I actually did not attend a field trip last week. And, you know, he knows, he, he recognized it. First thing he said to me was, you weren't there. But once I explained where I was, he shifted his conversation to, to talking about how he got to um, go with a friend and his friend's mom came and he piled around with that friend and they had a blast. And so it was one of those conversations where I had a chance to explain to him that his, you know, his, his classmate's mom was able to make that field trip. And maybe when I go to the next field trip, um, you know, his mom may not be able to make it and we'll make sure we pile around with him on that day. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, having those, we're very open with Luke. We don't, you know, we don't sugarcoat. I don't hide from him that we're working or we're traveling or, you know, we work hard not to hide a lot of, um, you know, the stresses of our jobs from him. I mean, I try not to, to make him self-aware of all the things, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. But I also, you know, want him to know that it is hard work. I mean, you know, his dad is on, on a race team. You know, it's, it's, if you know, um, anything about NASCAR, you know that there's a playoff system and <clears throat> we're in the playoffs right now. And, you know, there's a lot of stress that goes into a season. There's a lot of joy that goes into a season. And, and there's nothing like your kid having the chance, in my opinion, to experience their dad going to victory lane. And, and those celebrations are something that we make <clears throat> a really big deal of in our home because I truly believe that, you know, those are moments that are unique to our sport and we should lean into them. But I will also say that, you know, in my conversations with him on the weekends when his dad is traveling, I never use those in a negative tone. So I am never like, oh, your dad's traveling again. Or, you know, your dad couldn't attend that because he's at work or he's at the racetrack. Um, or, you know, I can't believe your dad missed this. I mean, to me, if you're in sport, and this might be true for other industries, but the one obviously we're most familiar, familiar with is sports, mm -hmm. is you can really harm your kids, in my opinion. Um, I don't want to be careful using that word because I don't want to be over dramatic, but <laughs> I do think you can harm your kids if, if all they feel about your spouse's job is negativity. So um, that doesn't mean that my days are all rosy. I mean, I'm sure... Um, you know, there are days where it's hard and it's hard to, you know, kind of balance it all. And it's hard to to kind of be a single mom on the weekends. Um, and, it, and it's not lost to me that I have friends who are single moms 
Monday through Sunday. And yeah, yeah. Amazing. I mean, they really deserve more um, awards than yeah. I for <laughs> Money sure. and love and everything. Love <laughs> all the things. And, but, you know, it's not lost on me that I want him to see what we do as two parents who work really hard, who love each other, who also get to do what they want to do and jobs they enjoy, but also jobs that, you know, I think at a very young age, though, John and I, um, you know, our past had not crossed at that time, but we were two kids who grew up with a dream to work in sports. And I think that um, that's a really cool thing to pass along with him. Now, he may never want to work in sports and that's okay. Um, But my hope is that what we have passed along to him is hard work and a work ethic that will pay off for him in the future. But I also hope we pass along to him just the willingness to work together. I mean, you know, John and I have to kind of work together almost like I call it like the zone defense. I think yeah. a lot of people who who um work in this industry would, would probably use a familiar term. But you know, there are days where you're texting one another and you're like, hey, I, you know, I had this meeting. Can you pick him up at school? Do I need to move my meeting? Like that type of thing. But I hope he sees two parents that were willing to work together to both achieve their dreams. And and I don't want to imply that we will never encounter a time where one of us has to give up our dream for the other. That that you know that could happen. It's it's not right now. And I hope he sees that that we work together to try to make both of our dreams come true. And 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 all of our dreams aren't just work related. There's other things mm-hmm. we we're doing, but. I hope he knows that, that we were willing to to make it happen because we truly believed it gave him a better life. And and that doesn't, like I said, it doesn't mean there aren't hard days. You miss baseball games sometimes and you might miss the school carnival or, you know, there there are days where I know deep down Luke wishes we were home. And, th- and that's okay. I want him to feel those. And we have good um, or great conversations about that, you know, about where mommy and daddy might be. Mm-hmm. But I think for our family, the rewards of working in this industry have far outweighed the negatives, for sure. And in this industry, maybe this is just, it's not just a me thing. I know that. Maybe this is just America of goals, goals, goals. You're not doing enough. (laughs) But especially in sports, I mean, it's always like, the five-year plan but then there's a lot and maybe it's not just sports but just life in general there is a lot of placed of worth and value on your career and what you've accomplished and I, I look at at how I've had to really really work on that personally and then I look at social media and Twitter and people come after me because I report something on Christian McCaffrey and it's who are you you are a nobody you're an upstate sideline reporter like you know and there is a lot of you're not worth this because you don't have this. And yeah. have you struggled with that in the, I, again, it's the world in general, but I think being in sports, there's a different kind of like um ad- adversity that maybe we face when it comes to that. Yeah, sure. And I think I agree with you. I think we've all faced that at some point, you know, I will own that. Um, I'm not a gearhead, you know, I don't, I don't really know all the things related to um, the under, you know, a race car in general, what might be what we would call under the hood, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm very knowledgeable in my role and what I need to know for my role, but I didn't grow up 
working on my own car, you know, anything like that. It wasn't a, I didn't race um, a race car or go-karts or anything before I came into this job, um, it, you know, in the NASCAR industry. What I do feel like a lot of, and first of all, I will say this, I don't know that you will meet a female in sports, but a male dominated industry that won't own at times they feel insecure. I think that's a natural thing. Um, you know, there are days you walk into a meeting or a boardroom and, you know, you may give yourself a pep talk in the car before you do, because you know that you're going to need to, in some ways, convince yourself that you do have a seat at that table. And, and that is one thing that, you know, I have found, um, and I feel lucky to have, you know, several of the bosses that I have here at NASCAR, because I find that, you know, they're very open to conversations of, of, of what it's like to be a female, you know, in sports. But one of the things that I have also found is oftentimes I don't give myself enough credit. Like my boss is very confident in me. He's very confident in what my role is and, and, and what I can bring to the table. I've often found that I'm the one who has to convince myself that I have that seat at the table. And, 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 and I think there are, are women out there who that's the opposite for them. They are extremely confident in their role. And, and I, I have a few of those that I've encountered in, in my years. And I always walk away from that and be like, Ooh, I, I need a little bit more of her. And yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to have that attitude. And, and I don't necessarily think that, that I believe that because I've had a negative experience somewhere else in, in, you know, my past. I just think that for my personality, I have often had to say like, Hey, you belong here. You, everyone here is on board with you being here. This is your seat at the table, you know, learn to speak up at the right times. I mean, I'm a talker by nature. And <clears throat> one thing that I have had to, I guess I could use the term teach myself is that my opinion doesn't always have to be heard at the table. So I think learning um, when you're confident and when you're confident to speak up, to say like, this is an opinion that I want to, to give at a table. And, and I think um, it's, it's hard. I wish, I actually wish women in sports, so I, I will own there's organizations and things that support this. And this is one reason why I loved what you're trying to do here is I wish we did support each other more because I think what we would find is that most of us have similar insecurities. Most of us have similar challenges. And most of us also like probably have solutions that 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 may not and those solutions may not always be like you know move them in from the table that's right. not <laughs> and I've personally loved working with you know males in my industry it's been one of the mm -hmm. things that I think has actually been a gift to my career that you know I've had so many of them at the table that that have accepted me and allowed me um to fill a part of our organization here but I often find that that it's unfortunate, I think, at times, and though I don't want to speak that this is always true, it's just there are times where I think we fight against each other instead of truly helping one another. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe that's because there are at times not as many spots at the table. So you feel like, okay, if that one's going to be mine, I've got to go for it now. Like, 
I can't really wait. Um, and, and that is maybe what creates that competitive um, mindset sometimes, I think, a little bit is, is because, you know, you know, when you get to a certain part of your career, um, you, I feel like most women know, okay, this is my opportunity. And this is when I need to put a lot of effort into it. I need to put a lot of maybe it's extra time or, you know, you're going to do the extra research or whatever it may be. Um, I do think that most of us get to a point where we know this is it. This is, this is where I'm going to need to lean in. Um, not to necessarily, you know, use that term, but it's one of those things where um, I do think if we helped each other more, the the industry itself wouldn't feel so competitive at times. And I think what we would find is that women would advance more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really do think that that we could help ourselves in that area more often. I think you you said something that I love in owning it. And I think it takes anybody a long time to own just who they are, right? You're not a gearhead per se. I'm not going to sit here on a sports talk radio show and break down the X's and O's. Did I try to do that at one point in my life? Yes, absolutely. Because I thought that's what I had to do. Uh, that's not who I am. Then you don't get the show if that's what you want me <laughs> to be. That's pretty much uh, that. Uh, and then even, yeah, the support thing. I don't want to, I definitely don't want to bash it or like call it superficial but there's a lot of other females of oh my dms are open and maybe they're not so open right or hashtag whatever hashtag is trending that day and i think it's important for all of us to recognize how is our support true is it genuine or is it superficial because it's a trending hashtag right now um And with a few more minutes, what are you finding most challenging in your life, motherhood, wifing, working? Because I have this weird smell in my house and I can't figure out where it's coming from. I'll be honest, like that's my biggest challenge at the moment. So maybe you have something more real and substantial, but that's what I'm working through right now. Yeah, I think, you know, when I became a mom, I found that I became, um, I feel like you become an expert in multitasking and maybe that's not um, always the greatest thing to admit, but I think it's very true for all of us. And I think it's one of those things that to your point, most moms are navigating, you know, three or four things at a time. If, you know, you're at your job, you're, you know, you have things you need to do for work. You have things you need to do for life. Maybe you have a bill you need to pay or you need to follow up on a meeting for your for your child or whatever that may be you also your brain is most likely notifying you that you either need to do a grocery pickup or you also need to book that um party facility for the or, or text amanda back about the podcast because it's <laughs> exactly. taking you four days <laughs> and i think one of the things that um I will say, and I, I actually um, I'm so grateful that I had a boss that I felt comfortable doing this in. But, but when I came back from maternity leave, um, I was there a couple weeks and I walked into my boss's office and I said, I just want you to know something. If I come back and ask you the same question again, it's not because I'm not doing my job or I'm failing or I didn't take the proper notes. I was like, just please know that my brain right now is is functioning at a level that, frankly, I've never functioned at before. I've never had to get up in the middle of the night multiple times with a crying baby. I have a husband who travels 30 
plus weekends a year. I'm working, um, you know, in Uptown Charlotte at, you know, at at our, our office there. And there was so much I was navigating that I found that where we often joke about pregnancy brain, I found pregnancy brain to be something that totally hung around. It lasts, I call it like mom brain, like you never, I mean, obviously mom brain, they all say that, but I mean, I even look at like my mom and older moms, I'm like, it's still there. It never yeah. leaves. It never leaves. <laughs> and, and one of the things that to your point, like right now I'm juggling, um, December, though it's the off season for us, is actually very busy. It's one of our, you know, from a work standpoint, there's a lot that we navigate in December to get prepared for that, for that season, um, that is, that is upcoming. But also, um, my birthday's in December. Um, our wedding anniversary is at the end of November. My little guy's birthday's in December. There's Christmas. There's all these things that are are kind of happening. And so, one thing I've learned a little bit from doing it wrong is to plan ahead. And then I've learned the power of um, my schedule or my calendar, along with um, thank goodness in in 2020 we have Siri who we can talk to and. <laughs> ask her to remind us of things but you know I've learned putting prompts in my calendar to help me like hey today you need to make sure that you secure the party location for for Luke's party in December you need to order the gift that you will give him (laughs) for that (laughs) birthday and things like that and I have found that um you know the first few years that I was a mom I was incredibly frazzled and I think that's natural. I don't think of that, you know, I know very few moms who had a baby, walked into their next life and they, they were just organized and together and it didn't really rock their boat. I mean, it rocked my boat hard and it was something that, you know, I, I missed the me time. I will not lie. I went from, you know, what I felt like, though, I, I mean, I was so grateful to have a baby and I wanted him. I also wasn't prepared for how much of my time was now gone. And so I had to learn and be willing to learn new, new ways of doing things. And one of those things is, you know, I feel like the first year or two of his life, I just tried to go what felt normal. Like, I'm just going to keep going. Um, I'm going to shop in December. I'm going to do all these things. And I learned very quickly that Christmas shopping in just in December was no longer going to be my thing. Like it just, there was no way I could get everything done and still go to the, you know, the holiday symphony with my kid or Mm -hmm. to go to see Santa or, you know, do all the things. And I think you just learn how to manage that with the ability of reminding yourself. And and I will also say, since since I did kind, you know, touch on the holidays, it's okay if, if you pick something that your family's not going to do. Full disclosure, our family doesn't do the elf um, on the shelf. <laughs> I have nothing against the elf on the shelf. I love the concept. Luke has an elf on the shelf at my mom's house. Um, and I love that. It's a fun memory for him with when he goes to my mom and dad's. But I don't have time for that. I do not have time to remember to move the elf every day. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have time to come up with funny things that that the elf does. <laughs> and we just made a decision that that was going to be a great memory for him somewhere else. But it wasn't going to be something I was going to stress myself out because December is considered the off season for us. February to November is insane for our family. I just chose not to add something else to my list in December. And that's okay. And I think that those are the things you learn. 
especially at this time of the season, because you have, I feel like all the holidays come at once. I mean, there was this, um, you know, graphic going around on social media yesterday where you have, you know, 70 days till Christmas mm-hmm. and 70 days till Thanksgiving and then so many days to Halloween. And what's not lost on me is how much mom work goes on between Halloween and Christmas. And, you know, all the things you try to remember, the school activities, the Halloween costume, the teacher gifts that you need to purchase, the, that's not even counting if you're hosting Christmas or Thanksgiving at your own home. Yeah. So I think, you know, for me, if I ever do feel overwhelmed in motherhood, that's typically where it shows up. I think it's in the, it's all the extra stuff that I'll be honest, is so enjoyable about motherhood, but it's like, it's, and I also just think that's hard to explain. My husband is very supportive. He's always willing to go out and do things, but I don't know that I will ever fully be able to explain to him the mental load that moms carry October to December. Yeah. Yeah. That mental load is so real. And I hate trying to explain it to my husband because I'm like, you do so much, but there's just something different. And sometimes he's like, Hey, can you do this? I'm like, no, don't, don't, ta- don't ask me. I know my mental load is at capacity. I can't, I know it's just a question for you, but this is a lot right yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, we are running out of time. Uh, we're on a time frame, but thank you so, so, so much. She is Amanda Ellis, NASCAR Communications, Senior Director of Racing Communications. I've never used the term vivacious, but you just strike me as vivacious. So she is vivacious. She is bold. She is friendly. And she is somebody that I think we all want to get one with now after this so thank you so much thank you so much for having me thank you Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.